You're listening to the IVP Heat Seekers Podcast, part of the RotoHeat.com family of podcasts. Welcome back, everybody, to the IDP Heat Seeker Show. Uh, we are whatever episode number we're at, but we're getting moving. We're hitting the getting close to double digits. It's been a fun ride thus far. I am your principal belding for the evening, Brad Menendez. Uh, as always with me, I have my dynamic duo of Craig Reith and Paul Veldman. Craig, how you doing tonight, brother? I'm doing all right. It's a busy, busy day, but it's uh, towards the end of it here. and get to relax and talk some football. How was your day? Yeah, it was long. I, I tried to, uh, after I got my kids to bed about, about 7.30 Eastern time, I tried to sneak over to the gym and get a quick workout in, and it was ridiculously packed. It was like... I'm going to have to start sneezing around you people so I can get some machines opened up. Uh, but can't complain. I still got a workout in. I just had to wait my turn. So, Paul, how you doing, brother? You had a good weekend, I'm assuming? Yeah, it was a fun fun weekend. I won, you know, a um, little bit of money at, at the casino. Not a lot of money, but it paid for the weekend. And the race yesterday was ridiculously fun. And that's in spite of the monsoon that came through Wisconsin. Yeah, I did see... I'm about to say, I did see some time. of your pictures. It looked like it was uh, it was a bit of a swimming pool at points of the game or at, at points of the race. Yes, yes, it was, and that's yeah. always fun. Who doesn't Who doesn't love some water water aerobics for those cars as they go around? Yeah, it just adds a joker, and the, and this is most uh, sports. It'd be like playing, it'd be like watching the NBA, and like once a game they throw a hose out there, <laughs> like well. If for nothing else, this is going to be exciting. I felt like somebody's been hosing down the court. I've been watching, trying to watch as much of the uh, basketball as I can, and dudes are just sloppy. I mean, guys are like sliding all over the place, and you know, I, I watched, uh, I watched elbow drops yesterday. Uh, was I watch? I was watching the Houston, uh, the Houston game, and man, elbows are flying. I'm like, you guys are playing some sloppy basketball. I mean, granted, you know, I what's what do you expect? But you know. I'm just glad. I'm glad we got sports back. I know baseball's having trouble wrapping their heads around and, and getting things together, but basketball and hockey have been doing well. I watched a little hockey over the weekend where I could, and that was fun. It was nice seeing hockey back. So, but we digress. Sports, sports are better than well, not and, sports. you know, and being a and being somebody who's watching the games from home, you don't always notice the fans in the stands anyway. So the game isn't that much different for all of us because they weren't often. I mean. You know, commercial breaks, they'd pan back and you'd see fans and stuff like that. But otherwise, game's the game. I mean, these guys are still playing and they, they you know, when they're on, they're on. I mean, it was nice watching Jason Tatum. I'm a, I'm a, <clears throat> a Detroit guy, but the Pistons are, you know, brutal enough that they didn't even invite them to the bubble. So uh, trying to find other teams to root for, you know, Boston I like. I like a couple guys there. You know, obviously uh, – uh, Zion's always fun to watch. I watched him a little bit while I was at the gym tonight. You know, he had like 14 points in 15 minutes, and that's always fun. And uh, yeah, so I'm all, I'm all about sports. So love me some hockey, love me some basketball. I love watching races when they're on. Uh, but you know, we're gonna talk football tonight, and we're gonna talk uh, we're gonna talk about an interesting topic. Obviously, one that's uh, that's that's big right now. Um, we're gonna give you guys as much information as we can on what the the COVID holdouts and opt-outs mean for your IDP leagues. Um, first, I'm going to start with plugging our boy Craig. He put out an article um, specifically on this topic, uh, opt-outs and potential uh, beneficiaries of opt-outs. So go over to rotoheat.com, uh, check it out. It, 
if you check it out this week, it'll be one of the first few articles. If you're listening to us after the fact, you just search it on rotoheat.com. There's a great search feature and it works out well. Um, thank you for everybody who's been been jumping on the site. Our traffic is up and uh, our Patreon uh, subscribers are up and YouTube, we're getting close to that thousand mark. Uh, so make sure you guys jump on there. And, and if you're part of the community or, or follow us on Twitter, you'll see, uh, you'll see we're doing a promotion to try to get over that thousand hump uh, where we're giving away copies of the new Madden. So make sure you get out there. Uh, and we will uh, we will hopefully get you in the running to uh, to win a copy because who isn't excited about Madden? You know it's always a fun time of year uh, as it's the only football game out there. So you know jump out there and, and help us out and uh, continue doing what you guys are doing. We appreciate and love everything that's going on. With that being said, we're talking COVID. So uh, to start it, I'm just going to talk through what the league is doing currently. Uh, so the way that it's been decided, the first two weeks, they're going to do daily testing of every player, every staff, uh, until the team is at least at 5% or less positive, and then they'll go to every other day. If there's a positive test, the player or the individual goes into isolation, and they get, you know, whatever the proper deemed proper treatment is. Uh, there's a couple ways that they then handle how a player gets back into uh, the general population and, and back in the training camp. So players that are asymptomatic can't return until 10 days have passed since the initial positive test or five days have passed since the initial positive test and two consecutive negative tests are completed separately by 24 hours within a five-day period. Uh, return is approved by team's physician after consulting uh, with, you know, with the chief medical personnel with the NFL. Symptomatic players can't return you know, same as the same as the asymptomatic. Ten days after the first symptoms appeared, uh, at least 72 hours have passed since symptoms have last occurred. The return is approved by the team's physician and the NFL's chief medical officer. Local regulations and requirements are satisfied. Uh, and if a player tests negative and is asymptomatic, but has been in close contact with somebody who's been affected, there's a new set of rules that'll apply. Um, and that, you know, uh, basically they have to have multiple negative tests in 24 hours. Uh, you know, they have to monitor symptoms and they have to have uh, eight days of daily testing uh, and then regular testing after that. So um, the league has worked with the Players Association to come up with these, you know, kind of guidelines. And, and we know that as we learn more and more about this, this will probably change. But this is as of, you know, August 3rd, players are in training camp. This is what they're experiencing. And, you know, my Detroit Lions, it feels like everybody's on the COVID IR right now. I mean, Stafford, Stafford's on there, Hawk's on there, Kenny Galladay's on there. Guys are opting out, you know, and, and there's a lot of moving pieces. But we have to figure out what that looks like for our fantasy teams. Fantasy season start in a month and seven days. You know, September 10th, Thursday night, we got football. So, with that being said, I'm going to let Craig kind of begin this conversation uh, and move us in that direction because he, I thought his article was really well, really well thought out and really well put together. Um, so, so talk us through a little bit, Craig, about what you what you were seeing as you're putting this article article together, and what are some guys that that are affected that are important IDPs, and and what does that look like? And we'll kind of just let the conversation mold itself. Well, the article, kind of as you stated, isn't IDP specific. You know, it has everyone in there from guys that are the fifth string tackle for some teams up to guys that were starting. So when you break down, and there really haven't been that many when you think about how many players there are in the NFL that have opted out so far. 
with that deadline coming up, you're probably going to be seeing more come up here. But in terms of people that are fantasy relevant, you don't have a whole lot of them. And then when you break that down to the defensive side, there's probably even fewer of them unless you're playing in defensive tackle specific league. Again, that's even fewer games that you're looking at here. And I'm going off of memory at the moment, Patrick Chung, CJ Mosley, Dante Hightower. Um, and then, I mean, like I said, there's defensive tackles like uh, uh, Star, and I can't pronounce his last Hello, name for the like... Buffalo Bills. I don't want to butcher the poor. Yeah, I don't want to butcher the poor guy's name on here. Um, Michael Pierce was another big one. Eddie Goldman is another one. So, you know, when you you go farther down, you're going to have more people that matter. And some of these guys matter more for the NFL, like matter a lot more to the Bears than probably any fantasy team, even if you're, you know, having a defensive tackle specific leagues. So the guys that are, quote unquote, fantasy relevant right now, are fewer and far between to talk about. But the big thing that I noticed is, you know, linemen, a lot of the bigger guys that are um, in the league are the ones that are starting to opt out more is the way that it looks. And I don't know if that has anything to do with health or not, whether it's them or their family. I don't like to speculate on guys as to why they're opting out. If they all have that option and they chose to do so, more power to them, and I hope it works out well for them. But uh, those are sort of the big names that I've seen so far. a lot of them. Uh, you know, uh, the ones that we're hearing about, at least a lot of them, it's family related. Some of them are having new babies and they don't want to get them, you know, they have that potential. I mean, so there's a lot more that goes into this conversation from the player side. Um, You know, when it comes to how this affects fantasy, there's, you know, there's so much, there's so many levels to it. You know, you mentioned in your article, uh, some potential offensive linemen that could be brought in to help fill in the gap. And some of these teams are going to need that. I mean, think about like the Eagles, and obviously this is on the offensive side, but, you know, they were losing guys and they bring in, you know, 78-year-old Jason Peters to play guard because they're losing guys. And that's injury. Um, but you're going to see more of that COVID-related because they got to be out for at least 10 days. So they're potentially missing at least a game depending on when they, you know, when that happens. So um, for guys specifically like Hightower, Chung, um, you know, and, and even some of those defensive tackles, I mean, you could, you know, you could – arguably rotate in Goldman from time to time if you had a defensive tackle specific league where you had to start one. But other than that, he's probably the most relevant of those. Uh, Paul, are there guys that, you know, Mosley, Hightower, some of these guys, who do you think are, are, are relevant pickups for somebody who's already lost these guys that might already be out on, on, on free agent uh, waiver wires that people can get? Who do you think is uh, interesting, Paul, to maybe pick up in this case? Um. I'll start with who's not interesting. Um, first of all, I know that the Patriots had everyone quit on them. Um, it kind of leads me to think that they're going to play Duggar more early than maybe what they were hoping. Um, I know that they still have the McCordies and they can kind of flop corner safety. They play a unique defense there um in anyone other than him but i'm also interested in him from a dynasty perspective and not necessarily redraft obviously mosley heading out it makes williamson go from 
an LB3 down to may or up to maybe an LB1 or 2 on that um I know that there are some guys who are thinking Patrick um Kearney uh, um I'm sorry I mean uh Anwu Wasser um but he's not someone that I'm really shooting for um in my leagues he's just more of an inconvenient trash bag in my eyes really know your stuff that's your one per show um anyways <laughs> but which is funny because that's how i actually feel about him um he's just someone that i don't really want to own um it it kind of makes me want to play ashton davis a little bit more the more i think about it they're probably going to start the season with marcus may Google. and yeah make but I can also see them just being like, you know what? We're playing three safeties a lot, lot more often. Um, I get why Mosley opted out. He's had some medical issues that he couldn't get over that he probably should have in hindsight. Um, but that one really hurts. Um, it's not like like you can look at someone on the defense there and go, all right, well you're just gonna fill in all these tackles and other stats. Um, also, I do think that the Goldman one hurts um, Smith and the Danny old Trevathan. Denver guy, mm-hmm. uh, Trevathan. Yeah, um, I think it hurts them from an actual football perspective just because that's one less talented tackle who could get guys out of their face. And now there's a better shot that there's a guard right in their face um but yeah i i I would be uh promoting up williamson and probably duggar but we're kind i'm even hoping on that one i hope he can figure out that system and scheme but with everyone opting out the hoodie might might not have an option sure you know now so what about so when you think about some veterans that are out there um a couple of guys that you know one of them just recently got a super bowl with the chiefs and the other one uh has kind of bounced around from the Rams to the giants uh deron lee and alec ogletree are both guys that are sitting out there in free agency um craig do you think either one of those two or even in new england you know a guy a rookie like josh uche do you think these type of players might have the potential to be kind of 2020 type value ads that could return some production for you on a weekly basis. Yeah. I mean, both the jets and the Patriots have a mess at linebacker right now with their given situations. You know, I agree with Paul about the jets Williamson. If he's healthy is going to be the guy there to own because he's been productive before and someone's got to be out there making tackles. The other guy that I would look at there that they have is Blake Cashman. He showed well at the end of last year, and if I had to be throwing a dart, he's probably cheaper than Williamson. And if you can get him for free and put him on the bench and see if he ends up being the guy, he's the other one. As far as the free agents, I think it's really hard to say what's going to be happening with those guys. You know, Ogletree has his limitations where he's more of a two-down guy. He isn't really a guy in coverage. And Lee just really never put it together, even when he played. Um, for KC, he just didn't do very well. He didn't have a whole lot of playing time, and I think he got replaced 
down the stretch there too. So, I mean, none of them are overly exciting, but I think you're going to see guys like that get signed, even if it's just for a couple weeks at some point this season. When you're looking at the Patriots, I mentioned in the article, I like uh, Anthony and I also Uche that you said. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those guys are probably guys you can find for cheap or free 99, as Paul would call them. You know, you can get them off the free agency wire. And they'd have a chance because it's the same situation. Someone has to play there. And you look at what happened last year in New England. Collins is gone. Van Noy is gone. Now Hightower is gone. The only guy that's really left there is Bentley. And who knows what you're going to get with him because you didn't see a whole lot of him either with the other three guys. If you're looking at the Patriots secondary, I like Duggar long-term too. But if I'm picking up a guy right now, I'm picking up Adrian Phillips. I think he's shown to be the versatile sort of hardworking guy that Belichick likes, and he's a proven veteran. Whether or not he stays healthy, you know, I mean, who knows. But um, I think Belichick would put him out there first, especially with Duggar. Again, long-term I like him, but he's coming from Division Two, and with that shortened sort of training camp situation and not as much time to get up to speed with that Belichick playbook, I'm seeing him more as a dynasty play than this year. And you, and you know it's got to be bad for the Patriots when you look at, like, our lads, and they basically have Bentley as both inside linebackers. Um, he's yeah. not a clone. He can't do all that. Um, and you know, when you look at their depth chart, so we'll throw out <laughs> the names that are on there because it is the mixed bag of, you know, uh, as one of our, one of my prior co-hosts used to say, uh, the future plumbers of the world. Um, you have Shalik Calhoun, obviously Bentley, Brandon Copeland, uh, Ben Jennings and Uche and, and Cash Maluya are both, dra- are all drafted players this year. And then you have Therese Hall and Tashawn Bauer. And that's just a whole bucket of yuck. Oh, and Brandon King, who's on pop. So it's like, I could see the Patriots hitting the free agent market or the trade market, you know, because remember, all these teams are at 80 right now in camp, and they're going to have to get down to 53 or, well, you know, 53 plus, you know, taxi squad or uh, taxi squad, whatever they call you know, practice squad. Practice thank you. squad. So, you know, there's, there's quite a bit of work to be done. Um, my gut tells me that we don't, we don't, their linebacker probably isn't on the team yet. The guy that's going to have the most value in the middle. Um, Bentley, you know, if you, from what I recall when he was coming out, you know, he was always looked at as kind of a, a depth guy more than ever really being able to put up the startable minutes. Um, you know, he's kind of rough in pass coverage and, um, his tackling was okay. I mean, there was nothing really about him that stood out. So unless these rookies step up, and, and unfortunately, Uche and, and Anthony basically are edge guys. I mean, they're they're more to fill in in the Jamie Collins kind of pulling, you know, getting to the passer off the edge. So there's still really not a lot in the middle to help that defense, and that's going to be tough for them, yeah. you know, because Jamie Collins played inside and outside when he was there. So he could kind of cover up for their lack of inside talent. Well, now it's, I mean, it's, if you can get past... I mean, the tough thing is when you look at that defense, man, it does not excite you at all. They People are going to run all over this team because really their secondary is the only thing that's of value. And, you know, you can mitigate that by a good running game, which, you know, Lawrence Guy, Bo Allen, John Simon is their front three right now. That's, just, that's brutal. I mean, that's just – that's bad. And you look at the teams that made the playoffs last year, you got Tennessee, well, you know, as far as that conference, the Chiefs, Baltimore, those are all strong running teams. So, you know, if you have a 
strong running team and then you're able to throw the ball like those teams were also able to do when needed to for the most part yeah i mean it's going to be a tough road to hoe road to hoe excuse me for the patriots and if they even make it to the playoffs which who knows uh, right now it looks like buffalo's I, division uh, to lose what's that paul i could see them asking cincinnati about sean williams and just outright he's playing middle backer because he's not much of a coverage man and just being like you know what we're playing him in the middle because he's he can be had for a fourth or fifth and we kind of know what we have despite a hundred percent asking him to not play safety but he was never really that speed cover safety anyways so that trade seems like it makes sense but we're talking about we're looking at some of these positions on offense and thinking, well, I really hope my sixth round rookie holds up because that's all we got. Also, on, I know this isn't the Thursday show, but um, you're going to see colleges in some of these same situations. You're going to have an all pro, or I'm sorry, an all um, American. And right beside him, you're going to be like, well, I hope the walk on edge, end edge, tackle whatever it is well he's a walk-on i just hope he holds up like it's going to be a really interesting year for football well and you know and, and i think what that'll do is that'll give both at the college and the pro level it'll give some opportunity for guys that that isn't that didn't otherwise have that opportunity and you know unfortunately we, we've honed in kind of on the patriots specifically and that's not a very good team to look at because they're in the middle of kind of retooling that team, you know, gotten rid of some of their aged players, some of their vets, and they're trying to rebuild in a sense, uh, you know, so they're, they're a team that you're like, well, it's going to be rough, but they kind of knew it was going to be rough. Brady's gone, Grock's gone, all these guys left, and they're kind of fixing things. So it'll be interesting to see because they're a team that's going to try to run the ball as much as they can to protect that defense. You know, the, the more you can control the clock and have the ball, the less your defense has to be out there just getting manhandled by the by the other team's offense. So, you know, and when you when you look at the free agents that are out there, I mean, there's, you know, I pulled up the only two linebackers in, in uh, NFL Trade Rumors top 50. So they're really going to have to work the trade market. And you've seen a little bit of that. We saw the Vikings trade for P.J. Hall today uh, from the Raiders. You know, so there's going to be trades that happen. And, and hopefully this this opens things up for more trades this year. Uh, this, you know, as we move into the season and hopefully some guys that maybe weren't getting love will get the opportunity. I don't think PJ Hall is really IDP relevant, um, you know, but maybe there's other guys that move that, that will be. Uh, so we talked about the Patriots. Um, the other player that you mentioned, Hightower, oh, Mosley. So talking about this, so let's talk a little bit more about the Jets. Um, they're obviously a kind of a dumpster fire of a team as it is anyway. I mean, we everybody's concerned about Adam Gase as the coach and, you know, and kind of what what that team looks like. Um, you talked about Ashton Davis as, as a guy that could get some playing time, uh, but they're another team that's really, really pretty weak. You know, you talked about Blake Cashman as kind of a sneaky guy. I wanted to throw one other name out, um, and that's James Burgess. You know, he's always kind of been a – he's bounced around a lot, uh, but he's – He's a guy that when he was coming out in 2016, um, he was good in, in pass coverage. So that made me think, oh, well, maybe uh, 
he'd have an opportunity, you know, and his issue's been his size. But in um, Williams' defense, you know, six foot, just over six foot linebacker can still be relevant. So I just wanted to throw that name out there as a guy who might get some love this year for a few weeks. Uh, but ultimately, the guys we're talking about could be guys that you pick up for bye week fill-ins, things like that. They're probably not going to be much more than that unless they're the rookies that are more dynasty holds. So, you know, we have to we have to be careful prefacing that. These aren't guys that we're telling you to go out and get because they're going to be like stud starters all year. I mean, they may play for the majority of the year, but these are guys that, you know, aren't guys you want long-term on your IDP rosters. Uh, I remember Burgess, he came out of Tallahassee, and I, I know his issue always was and still is mental. Um, when all three of the major Florida schools look at you as a top 100 recruit and go, eh, you can go elsewhere, tells you all you need. Um, he went undrafted because he's not that smart. Um, he might see some snaps. He might be bad enough that teams actually throw at him and run at him um but i don't think you're gonna see it for it's not a, a situation that he's gonna be the one who piles up the stats four five six weeks in a row he might have a lucky interception a lucky fumble but um we're looking at patrick on whatever his Anwasa, last name in Ah, we're looking at him as the other guy. And like I said, you could see Marcus may be a straight up backer this year because they throw Davis and McDougal that safety and just go, this is all we got left. You could see that on teams, but I mean, I think they're probably going to try to feel the a traditional defense more so. I mean, even the Patriots, you know, Phillips has at least played that sort of hybrid linebacker role, um, you know, when he was with the Chargers. So, you know, I I think they'd probably try that more looking at New England than trying to trade for Williams. I mean, I don't see Belichick giving up a draft pick just for a one-year rental on a guy on a defense that, as we talked about, probably doesn't look like it's going anywhere right now. And it's the same sort of thing with the Jets. I mean, a lot of these guys that we talked about had a, a cup of tea for those few weeks last year, and you're probably going to see more of those guys this year that you can pick up off of waiver wires, get three or four weeks out of them, and then you have to move on from them. I mean, Hewitt last year had a few of those. Burgess had a few games last year. So, you know, they were throwing together whatever they could last year, and if Williamson isn't back recovered from his injury, you're, you're going to see a lot more of that. And I'd kind of liken it to... Donald Payne, which is a name I know a lot of people aren't going to know, but he was with the Jaguars last year. He had four or five weeks where he had double-digit tackles and was just great when you got him for free, and then he disappeared the last week of the season. He was just gone, and I think he just recently signed with Washington. But, you know, there's a guy that had done nothing up until that point. He was fantasy-relevant, and you move on from him, and you're probably going to see that a lot this year, especially in your deep leagues. Yeah, you're definitely going to have to be – you're going to have to weekly check in to see kind of who's out, who's in, you know, who's looking like they're going to be playing because there's going to be a lot of that. And, you know, and shameless plug for the website, you know, we typically will put in weekly start sits and we'll, we'll put out there guys that you need to keep an eye on. Um, and, and it'll be more difficult this year. So you'll want to make sure you look around and, and do your research and prep uh, because it's going to be tough. 
So um, the other name that you had mentioned, you mentioned some defensive tackles, and you mentioned one that was going to affect plenty of guys around them, and that's Eddie Goldman in, in Chicago. So I'm going to read you this who's who of nobodies that are behind him that are now their basically group of starters. So with Goldman mm-hmm. out, you have LaCale London, John Jenkins, and Lee Autry. Yeah. I'm um, I'm more concerned about Smith and, and Trevathan than after I heard that list <laughs> than I did right before it. I, wasn't Jenkins a decently high pick though? Wasn't second, he a second? Yeah, he was. Yeah, by the Saints round, or something. Yeah, second round. Uh, I I believe it was the Saints, but he was three fifty or something. He's an ex, he's more of an NFL guy than fantasy. But even in the league, he's it just hasn't worked out. Well, and right now they might. Well, and basically, look, they might be someone that's forced into a trade there. Well, and and think about some of the guys that are free agents. I mean, you've got like Marcel Darius who's still out there. I mean, you've got some some nose tackle type free agents that they could bring in that aren't amazing, but at least they're startable. Um, so I expect them to do something because I mean, when you when you do that, when you don't have that nose tackle and guys can start running up the middle, that makes it very difficult. I mean, it will give. Uh, Smith and Trevathan and some of those guys more tackles, but that's going to start wearing them down when they know that nobody's stopping anybody ahead of them and they have to do all the work. Um, you know, but their but their defensive line is kind of in flux. I mean, think about it. Outside of Akeem Hicks, they don't really have much to be excited about. So Akeem Hicks is relevant for IDP, but he's been he's had injuries and he's kind of been up and down here recently. Other than that, they got Bilal Nichols, who's never been relevant, and then just a whole bunch of yuck. I mean. This defensive line yeah. could be in some trouble this year. If we're being honest, Khalil Max at the end. It's just whether he is on your fantasy platform or not. Uh, Khalil Max at defensive end. Right. Well, well, and Quinn, depending on how they go, I mean, they're going to have Quinn either at the other outside linebacker, but, I mean, at least he's a guy with enough size that you could put down there on the line if you had to. Well, and, you know, and, and they're probably going to have to line those guys closer up to the line to help cover some of these deficiencies because you have to get the offensive coordinators figuring out, okay, we have to slide protection to cover the fact that we've got two really strong defensive ends, you know, and linebacker defensive ends. So they got to do something, and, you know, and they're going to have to move that. I mean, the nice thing is they have a fairly decent amount of linebackers. Uh, most of them are IDP relevant, you know, Smith, Trevathan, Mack, and Quinn. Uh, Marcavius Mingo is a valuable NFL player. He's definitely good depth. He's never going to be IDP relevant. Uh, Paul's favorite. Paulus Mingo. I hit that one basically on the head. What was that? Seven, eight years ago when they drafted him sixth overall. I'm like, this is a sixth rounder, not sixth overall. Uh, you see that every year. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> it's a little harsh, but yeah, yeah for sure. It, it, it wasn't worth where he was drafted. But like you said, Brad, he's an NFL caliber player at least that they have yeah and especially now that he's been around uh for a little while and he's got a lot of experience he's he is a fine you know they'll be able to do some things to help cover up some of these deficiencies but this is a team i expect to hit either the trade market or free agent market because when you look at the list of free agents we got to remember Clowney's still out there he's a fine role player and you can bring him in and do some things with him and he's a little bit bigger so if they want to try to bring him in as an edge guy he probably wouldn't do very well, but they could try. I mean, he tends to be 
4-3 better edge than 3-4 edge. Uh, Everson Griffin's still sitting out there. Damon Harrison and, and Mike Daniels, a couple guys that were in Detroit, potentially could still play football. Um, Harrison looked brutal the last year in Detroit, and Mike Daniels kept getting hurt. But they're both still NFL players, for what that's worth. Timmy Jernigan um, might actually, you know, if you if he could get to a scheme, if he go to someone like Chicago and be the edge and not an actual interior guy, he could be relevant because he's got some speed to his game. Um, and he could give you some 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 value in IDP, but that's only if he's an edge. He's got shoulder, he's got shoulder problems, and they're creeping up on him. His problem isn't necessarily the on field. I'm not saying he's an all pro. Also, I'm a Seminole fan, and he won a national title. I appreciate you, sir. <laughs> um, but, but he's got shoulder problems, and I believe I believe he signed with Houston this off season, but he couldn't pass the medical. And they rescinded the contract. Well, that's unfortunate. Um, other than that, then you then then you bump down a little bit further in tiers, and you get Marcel Darius, Jabal Shurd, Ezekiel Ansah, who's another guy who can't stay healthy. Vinny Curry, Clay Matthews is still out there. Um, you know, Terrell Suggs, if you really want to get old. I mean, so so there's plenty of guys you could bring in. We still haven't hit on many tackles though, and. Chicago. Chicago really needs 290 yep. plus and not right. under. And sh- they already have edge. They need someone to keep Mac from being doubled every snap. Well, and, you know, and in that, that version of the 3-4 that they run, the, the tackle tends to be more of a, I need to take on two guys and help free up some of the guys on the outside. So, you know, if they can get away with some of what they've got and maybe make a move for somebody, just kind of a big body, you know, they might get lucky and and be able to to, to be okay. You know, maybe John Jenkins can do that. Right now he's not listed as a starter, but it's August 3rd. Nobody's listed. Nobody's really a starter yeah. yet. So uh, it, that's one of those defenses that will be interesting to watch, not only for IDP, but for you guys that are redrafters out there. You know, everybody likes Chicago's defense early in redrafts, you know, is one of the earlier defenses when you draft defenses at the end of the draft. Uh, but I would be cautious with that this year, especially if, we, you know, if their defensive line doesn't get fixed up, it may not be as as, as strong as it has been in previous years. Um, it may be more like, you know, 8 to 12, kind of back-end defense one, you know, things like that. I mean, be concerned about you're going to have to look at some of these teams to see if more pieces fall. You know, I mean, that's one big piece for Chicago that's gone at the front that matters. So the same thing with the Vikings. You have two guys that, whether or not they were both going to start in Buffalo, but with Starr and then EJ Gaines, I mean, he's not a household name, but he was a depth piece at cornerback. And if you start to see more guys from Buffalo, Chicago, Minnesota fall out, those things are really going to matter especially in the team defense, as you mentioned, Brad, because you're going to run into that sort of situation where they're struggling to find that depth, and if more guys go down, even if it is for a week or two, that can be a big change for your team. Oh, for sure. And, you know, and, and as we as we talk about this, the offense does play a role in this. So offensive linemen that are, that are going down, either opting out, COVID, mm-hmm. whatever. You know, Paul, what do you make of, of these different – offensive linemen and and how they affect the other side of it you know think about a team like the giants they're going to be starting rookies on both sides both tackle spots or well 
rookie first-year players you know, or second-year players. So young guys either way. Um, Paul, what do you make of all that? Um, Nate Solder opted out. He's at least good in the league. Um, I don't know about that. <laughs> well, he was. He signed for money. I would rather have him than a lot of the other options you can find on the wire right now. Um, it's going to help the Washington edge guys. It's going to help the Philly edge guys for those games. Um, Dallas. It's not going to be Alden Smith, but Alden Smith and D-Law. Um, they're going to get help to two games. Also for the Broncos, to Jawan James. He's not good, but he's a starter. I don't remember he's there. what. Yeah, I don't remember what he signed for, but but he's he getting starter money. Um, that's going to help the Joey Bosa's, um, Max Crosby, um, and Case. Um, the guy they got Clark. from Seattle. Yeah, Clark. Yeah. Um. These guys just all got a, I don't want to say significant hop up, but there's a couple games you can look at and go, I might get three sacks today. Mm -hmm. And you're throwing out there with a lot more confidence than you did before. James missed all of last year too, I think with injury or it wasn't all there was most of last year. But I mean, at the time he was the highest paid right tackle when he signed that contract. So they were expecting a lot out of him and clearly they haven't gotten it, but they, you know, he was talented enough, you know, sort of like you said with Solder. James has been out because of injury, but Solder the past year was just brutal, um, especially in run blocking. And I made the comment in my article, there's a potential, at least for Saquon, that it's an upgrade. Whether or not it is for their pass blocking is a different issue um, because Solder was all right with that. Uh, the other big one that we didn't touch on, to go back to the Patriots, of course, because they have almost 10 people out, Marcus Cannon. I mean, he's played really well for them over there, and you're talking about a division that doesn't necessarily have a whole lot um, when it comes to pass rushing, but for that Buffalo team anyway, they know know how to get to the quarterback. They're with McDermott and the way that they're scheming. So those games especially I'd be looking out, but you could have someone from Miami, um, probably not the Jets, even though their defensive line isn't that bad, (laughs) you know, with not much to – Worry about it, linebacker, you're probably not getting much of a pass rush there, but they're going to have to cobble something together too. Well, and you you also have um, uh, Duvernay Tardif, the guard from Kansas City. You know, he started on their Super Bowl roster. Um, he opted out, obviously, working the front lines uh, as, a, as a doctor. You know, he's an actual doctor. Uh, so that'll make – Good for him. Absolutely. That's – I mean, that's – couldn't be a more noble reason to not do it. You know, he's taking care of people and, and doing – doing what he's what he's best at i mean he may be a good football player or a great football player uh, but you know when you've got a degree and you're an actual doctor i mean you got much better uses than just playing a game so we appreciate that for sure but that opens things up i mean their offensive line isn't amazing and it's not super deep they've got some good starters um but that'll be an interesting situation to see how that goes because you know there's some really good interior defensive lineman in that division that can really push the pocket. And, and if you start seeing, you know, Mahomes having to run a little bit more because that, that guard spot's a bit of a sieve, then that'll be interesting for him as well. Craig? They signed his potential alleged replacement with, again, another name that I'm horrible at pronouncing, but Kaleche Osemele. Oh, yeah. 
they had signed him. Um, I think it was not that long after that he announced that he was going to be out. Right. So, I mean, I think they, and again, at least he's a guy that's proven and he's played at a high level before and you plug him in a, another, you know, instead of being with the Jets that I think it was the Jets he was with last year, that was a complete dumpster fire before they got rid of him. Um, you know, he's going to a team with a winning culture like he had had previously with the Ravens. You know, maybe he's able to turn it around for a year because hopefully while well, we're looking at here, you know, is a year. So yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the hope. Uh, and the, you know, and we're seeing, we're already seeing guys. You know, so for those that that go on to the COVID list, obviously earlier in the episode we talked about what it what it would take to get off of it. You know, we're seeing guys coming off of it and, and getting back into the swing of things. You know, today, uh, Vikings, a couple of starters that are fairly IDP relevant, one we think is a sleeper, um, came off that, that list. So, uh, and I always butcher his name, but Ifedi Odenibo and Anthony Barr both came off the COVID-19 list and they're practicing with the team again. You know, so for those that, that go on the list, you know, we got to think one to two weeks potentially as long as as long as everything goes smoothly. So um, for those that, that have IDPs on their roster, if you've got a strong IDP asset, don't look to drop them. You know, put them on your COVID taxi, you know, your COVID IR and, and hold on to them unless, um, unless he's an aging player and he's somebody that you just want to get rid of. Um, these guys will come back and be able to come back, you know, pretty quickly. I mean, these guys, you know, they got to camp on the 28th, I think, Minnesota reported. And these guys are off already, and it's you know it's been like five six days. So, you know, there it's it's really going to be unpredictable. And, and from a fantasy perspective, you just have to kind of go with the flow, but keep your ear and your eyes locked into the news because this is going to change regularly. I mean, depending on how quickly guys get tested um, each week, you know, it could be Friday Saturday, and you you might need to switch that lineup up uh, and fill in for for guys that are that are that are bumped down. So. Just things to think about as we go through this season. It's going to be very all over the place. You know, it's it's going to be stressful at times trying to figure out how to manage a roster full of guys that might get put on, you know, on IR for a week or two. But, um, you know, there's going to be plenty of opportunity to, to pick off guys off the waiver wire to fill in the gap. Uh, a big difference for that to be looking at, too, is are they going on the list because they had contact with someone or did they actually test positive themselves? Because as you said at the start, there's different criteria for did you test positive yourself or were you around someone that ended up having it? And remember, just because I know this rumor was out there, you know, and the social media, not to go down the rabbit hole at all, but we really don't know that all right this guy had it once he can't get it again i would not work under that assumption i wouldn't work under any assumptions right now with this thing with what information is out there i mean we don't know a whole lot the medical profession doesn't know a whole lot so us just trying to guess is going to be the worst thing be prepared have a plan in place and move forward well, and that's, and that's why your COVID IR is, is really open. As long as the guy's got it and he's on that list, you can put him on your IR. And it's not like you can only put him on once. I mean, you just it, it is what it is. If he's got it, he's on there. So don't be afraid. If your league if your league is proactive and does something like that. Sure, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and, and if your league doesn't do that, you better tell them to do it because it needs to happen. I mean, this year you have to be flexible. Um, I know some leagues, you know, especially my home league doesn't like to change, but I sent out a message last week and, and said, listen, this is what we're doing. There's, we're not voting. There's no polls. This is what's going to happen. And I had some people that griped about it. And I said, 
shut up and sit down. This is what we need to do this year. They're just, you know, and I immediately had guys messaging me, hey, well, what if I pick up, you know, so-and-so? Because this league is is super big. There's a lot of a lot of players and a lot of teams. So we don't do a lot of waiver wire pickups after the initial rookie draft. Um, so, you know, they said, well, if I pick up a guy off the waiver wire, can I keep that guy instead of the guy that goes on IR? And I said, no. You drop the guy that you picked up from the waiver wire. Don't be a jerk off. We don't do waivers in this league because I can't get them to vote that in, which drives me crazy. But, you know, this league started in the 90s, so these guys are all older and set in their ways. Boomers, I guess you should say. <laughs> the kids would say boomers. Uh, so Not our boomer. Yeah, not our boomer. Our boomer is, is much younger than boomers. So, um, you know, and, and as we move to the end of the show, we have some names that we, that, that we want to talk about and some guys we need to bring up. Uh, so, Paul, I will let you – I will give the floor to you, and you talk about some guys that you want to make sure you bring up at the, at the end of this. Um, if we're saying that, hey, this is the opt-out list and, okay, this hurts the NFL, yes, it does hurt. There are a select uh, few who this helps, and, and from the defensive side, it's going to read uh, Jadevian Clowney, uh, Logan Ryan and he just signed because he had to like a week ago, but no one remembers Marcus Golden. Um, these are probably names that might be free, and if they sign and they play even, I'll say half the weeks, and they're on the field for those, you're looking at immense upside, with the exception of clowny but marcus golden was a low edge one guy last year maybe a high edge two um eric reed was like safety one or safety two logan ryan was the top corner last year um from a fantasy perspective um don't forget that a bunch of guys have a bunch of holes and these guys are sitting there saying you know what i'm i'm gonna ask for that extra million because you're pretty much forced into it right now um on the offensive side uh Devontae freeman's a free agent we haven't seen a whole lot of running backs opt out uh the chiefs being basically the only one who had a notable sit but these are assets who are free 99 that probably a month from now won't be. At least for some of the guys on this list, they're going to sign and you're going to immediately go, all right, he starts. He's a veteran. He knows the basics of all the systems. Uh, why did I let him go for free when I, I grabbed so-and-so's second safety? And these are names that you should... No, I'm like I said, not necessarily world beaters, but one of those guys is probably going to finish at between 10 to 15 overall at their position this year, and they're free. Look at, them. don't forget about them. And Clowney could could rack up the sackles for those of you that that follow the show. He could get you. He gets when he plays. He's he's very sackle relevant. That's right. I think you guys mentioned him earlier, but Everson Griffin, I don't think he has signed either. And he's another name that, you know, IDP relevant out there. Absolutely. 
you know, um, there's there's not a ton of names outside of these guys, but uh, I think I think more so than anything, some of the guys that that are, you know, that are kind of the next man up for teams that might get traded could be could be big big names. Um, so think of guys that that maybe. Uh, you know, or, or maybe getting a little up there in their careers, but haven't gotten a, a real fair shot, or maybe some young guys that haven't got a fair shot. I mean, I expect trades to be hot and heavy over the next month, just because teams, or even after this week when the opt-out deadline runs through, which is well, Thursday or Friday, um, you're going to see some things happen as teams try to figure out what their roster is going to look like. Because not only do they have to have their starters locked down in some cases, especially for someone like the Patriots. They're going to need to make sure they have some decent depth because we don't know if our starters are going to get COVID, and if they do, then they're out for you know a week or two, and we got to make sure we've got at least manageable depth. I mean, like Detroit, Stafford's on COVID IR. They don't have any depth. They got Chase Daniels who sucks, and they got David Blau who blows. You know, I mean, it's just it's they're just not good depth behind them. You know, that's a team that I could easily see go try to trade for somebody's you know backup like maybe Jameis Winston gets some love because somebody needs a quarterback which he should have anyway because you know he's not terrible so and the other thing that we're going to run into that you know we don't even talk about right now because of the COVID situation being new injuries are going to happen you know the injuries that happen every year are still going to come into play so you know it's just mounting on top of each other in terms of there's going to be a lot of guys that probably are going to get opportunities before they're ready in terms of rookies. And then that's going to cause some interesting things in dynasty is, all right, this guy does great this year. Is he really going to be that way going forward? Or this guy played this year because he was forced into it before he was ready and he stunk. Right. What does that mean going forward? Is he going to grow? Do you hang on to him? You know, it's going to cause a lot of interesting things, even at the end of the season, knock on wood that we have a season or even if we'd say have four games of a season and it's canceled, what sort of takeaways are you going to have from that? I mean, there's going to be a lot of long-term ramifications with this one way or the other. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You know, and the, and the other thing that we have to take into account, I know that this is a lot of this conversation is focused kind of towards how do we handle 2020, um, you know, but you need to lock down how you handle, you know, putting guys on and off an IR, expanding rosters for that. But then you have to think this is a dynasty ultimately. Um, unless you're playing redraft, which obviously we're not talking about at this moment, you have to look long term. You know, um, getting guys and making trades and doing some of those things are, are great, uh, but this is an opportunity to take advantage of a situation. So if you're deep at a certain IDP position, you know, linebacker safety, things like that, you might be able to move somebody who isn't going to be a starter for you and get some really good value this year. So be on the lookout. Don't be afraid to trade. You know, I'm, I'm a big advocate of making trades regularly early and often um, I trade a lot in most of my leagues that I'm in um, and and I would encourage it especially with this situation because think long term if you can acquire some draft capital if you can acquire some some young talent things like that you know don't be afraid to do it so uh gentlemen any last words Craig I'll, I'll start with you before we wrap this puppy up Speaking of redraft, uh, Jason from the team on YouTube made a comment that if you are doing a redraft league or if you're doing a startup, you might want to wait until these opt-outs at least are done before you have your draft. That way you can plan for these guys. You know, We could see a huge influx of people you know, in two days that just decide they're out. And if you guys have your startup tomorrow, you're going to probably have people calling for a redraft. Right. Or you know, Who knows what's going to happen. So if you're able to wait a week, 
that's probably the best idea. So good call by Jason. Yeah, absolutely. Jason's the man. You know, and the nice thing is that um, I think national redraft draft day is like the end of August. So we're, we're kind of in a good spot that most people probably won't have their drafts for a few more weeks, hopefully. Um, but if you do listen and, and you have and, and they're planning it early, just wait. Um, and, even, and, and I would even see if you can push it back to the end of August anyway, because we want to see kind of how things go. We want to see how COVID affects things, how injuries affect things, you know, just push it. I mean, the nice thing about redraft is you really don't need to have, I have one league, I only do a few redrafts every year, but I have one redraft league that drafts the weekend before the start of the season. So like, well, why do we have to start early? Like, what's the difference? So, you know, yep. later the better in redraft. What It doesn't matter. Plus it's fun. I love drafting. So if I can draft all year round, that'd be great, you know. Uh, so how about you, Paul, any other last words, any other things that you want to make sure we bring up in this topic or in this conversation? Um, I'm going to hit on a, I guess my closing was the, the guys I mentioned before, but I'm going to throw out there an idea that Craig and I have implemented in most of our leagues. We don't have to have a discussion about it. I'm just saying that, that we implemented it. Um, before the week, each week, everyone submits an alternate lineup. What that means is if it's Monday night football and you got Mahomes going and all of a sudden he gets the COVID, well, your lineup automatically uh, reverts to what you had set up beforehand. I'm not saying it's for every league. But if you define it and say, submit your lineup, submit your alternate, and that happens, you can at least have someone in every position. So kind of like a pseudo best ball, but not best ball. It's a COVID. Yeah. It's It's a COVID alternate lineup, essentially. Yes. yes, It's, it's, if your guy is a, if your guy is inactive because of it, and you can basically prove it, your lineup automatically switches after the fact. But you've said beforehand, this is my my option B, and that's what you go off of. It doesn't matter if they scored one or a hundred. It automatically switches. It's not like it switches to the guy who scored the most on the bench. You define it beforehand. And how do you define it? What are you tracking it with? Um, either your Facebook Messenger app, Group Me, whatever so your sort of public forum. Yes. So with everyone with a timestamp. Yes, with a timestamp, so everyone can see it. Okay, I'm starting Mahomes. My second guy is Baker Mayfield. My third guy is Josh Allen. All right. Well, if 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 Mahomes is out, Mayfield's in if Mayfield gets it you're playing to Josh Allen so the fact of who plays Thursday and who who plays Monday you at least don't have to make those those decisions because of COVID again this isn't for every league you have to have some level of cooperation on it but at least if you stamp it before uh, the week starts you might want to think about it and not we've every team is... it. Oh. We've implemented this in, I don't know, three, four, five leagues, and, and no one said no. 
And not every team has to do it either, too. I mean, this isn't a requirement. If you just want to take a roll of the dice and deal with, all right, this is my lineup, whatever, so be it. You know, we're given, in, you know, the idea came up in Paul and I's main league, and a lot of the people there, despite our ridiculous set of rules, get along with each other for the most part now, and they were agreeable to it, and they're like, yeah, I mean, as long as there's, you know, accountability for it, and if I don't want to do it, I don't have to do it, they're fine with it. And we did this soon enough in the season you know, the off season, really, um, the season hasn't started. You know, this isn't something to throw in week five of the season. It's like, all right, well, this is a good idea. We should do this now. These are the sort of things, like Paul mentioned, you got to do now. I mean, because if you don't and there's problems later on, you're kind of stuck with those problems. Absolutely. And these are all things to think about. You know, uh, all these different conversations we're having are really focused on, on 2020 and how to handle it because – you know, you have to expect the unexpected and, and be prepared as a, as a commissioner of your league or, or a league owner. You have to be flexible and, you know, and, and it's tough because sometimes people have a hard time getting on the same page, you know, uh, especially when you have a lot of different owners, a lot of different personalities, things like that. But people have to be, you know, gracious and patient with each other and, and try not to uh, try not to take things too seriously uh, and, you know, and, and not be a jerk about it. It's rule number one if you're in the Facebook community. So. Uh, that being said, that's it. Um, we made this conversation very long, which was good. Uh, it was nice having a talk about guys to think about and guys that, that are already opting out. But I would encourage you to keep up with, with Craig's article. Um, if As things happen, we will have updates to it. Uh, so make sure you go to uh, rotoheat.com so that you can see the updated article. You can see our IDP rankings so that you can, you can kind of get a feel for who are guys that that, that we like as, as maybe deeper down the IDP uh, rankings list so that if you need to go in case of emergency, you can break glass and go find some of these other players. Uh, we'll update them regularly. We do them pretty quickly. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that's that. So um, thank you guys again. Don't forget, uh, if you're not part of the Discord community, go find us on Discord, Twitter. You know, Craig and mine handles are right below our names. Uh, we also... Man, we do everything. You know, we obviously here on YouTube. If you're watching this, thank you guys for watching it. If you listen at some point in the future, thank you for listening. Like, subscribe, rate, review, do all the things you do. And we'll talk to you guys next Monday. Don't forget, we got nightly shows, nightly live streams. We've got Dynasty tomorrow. We got Redraft on Wednesday. We've got Debbie with Paul and I on Thursday. Our boy Jason and the crew does DFS on Fridays to get you, get you ready for that. Um, so we will talk to you guys again soon. Thanks for listening to the IDB Heat Seekers podcast with Brad Menendez, Craig Reith, and Paul Belton. You can find us over on Twitter at Roto Heat Fantasy or at RotoHeat.com.